I was crossing the street when I met the love of my life. I chased after her. Nothing would stand in my way. Not the dog walker, nor the hot dog vendor. Finally reaching her, I asked, what do you call that amazing smell? Um, it's Gain Flings. Gain Flings. My love had a name, but more importantly, it had a scent. Fall in love with Gain Flings. Seriously good scent. Try Gain Flings today with special savings at Family Dollar. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated. Archaic. And weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Bill, uh, after the playoff loss to the Bills a couple of years ago, you said, was that who we are or was it just one bad night? Is it a similarly tough question um, after this game? You know, was that just a bad night or, you know, an accurate reflection of where you guys are? Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out going forward. So that's that's really what what will determine it. Not anything that gets said or doesn't get said. Well, you know, our performance will be what we are. <laughs> Where are they? Where are they as a football team? That's just a generic question we ask on a Tuesday when we have the big boy, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, making it a big boy Tuesday. We got Joe Murray in our update studio in for Jim Murray. Maz alongside. How's everybody doing? You? Good. Good. Uh, Greg, what the tape show? So, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was bad offensively. Um, Mac played the worst game I've ever seen him play. Um, however, to me, it was a case of a quarterback getting sped up, um, mostly due to uh, intolerable pressure rate, and not just in this game, so far this season. And this is not unusual. This happens to every quarterback at some point in time including Tom Brady. I thought Mac was fine up until the strip sack. From then on out, he basically lost his head. This happens on occasion for every single quarterback. And uh, now the question is, you know, can he rebound from it? I did not – I don't view this game as uh, a complete indictment on Mac Jones. Um, you know, I, I think – a lot of people are doing that. That's fine if they want to do that. Um, in general, about the team and sort of some of the reaction that I've heard, like I was just listening to Beetle and Zoe's first hour, um, I think people need to calm down. I really do. I think people are hysterical over the one and three start. Now, is it good? No. It, it's been bad. And a lot of our worst fears about this offense, especially, have come to fruition in the first four weeks. However, people have to look at who they played. They played four, well, three of the best defenses in the league. They've played three of the best teams in the league. And that they're one and three, I think we all thought they were going to be one and three at this point. Now, did it was it horrible on Sunday? I did. Yes. But go ahead. And, oh, by the way, I just want to jump and say, you out there don't – Feel free to get hysterical and uh, passionate. Well, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm just saying. I, in my opinion, I think people, I think people need to calm down. They can do whatever they want to do. 
you know, but I, I think that I think that people just need to settle down. And and in my opinion, the season comes down in the next two games. Okay, this this game felt very similar to the Chiefs game in 2014. Now, am I saying this team is going to turn it around all of a sudden and go win a Super Bowl? No, that team you could tell in training camp that this was a Super Bowl team and they underachieved through the first four games, especially on the offensive line. Brady was horrible in that game against the Chiefs. He got some lucky garbage, you know, 40, 40 yard touchdown pass. He threw a pick six and then got pulled. He was bad. There were questions after the game about is Tom Brady your starting quarterback next week? Brady had a similar game. I've seen Brady, I've seen Brady have games like Sunday where not enough protection, people aren't getting open, he's throwing the ball into the turf, he's he's throwing interceptions, and he's just he's sped up. He's he's done. And that was Mac Jones on Sunday. Uh, so I, I think that let's see what happens. Now, I think there there are a ton of factors to say this is intolerable and and intolerable in that the there's a discussion to be had about Mac Jones that if this is the way Bill is going to construct his team going forward, if he is the guy going forward, then Mac Jones probably isn't your quarterback. If you if you're going to keep doing this. I mean, this offensive line is historically bad for this franchise. Probably the worst offensive line I've ever seen. Why is it not right or unfair to compare offensive output at this point of the season to last point of the season to at this point last season? Because of who they played, I mean they played three of the the, three of the best defenses in the league, and the fourth, the Dolphins, you couldn't block them. So I mean, to me, there there are there are circumstances. They haven't been able to block anybody, Greg. No, they they haven't been able to block anybody. So to me, this is what popped into my head, Mike, this morning when. You know, I was reading through some of Greg's notes. Because his point about the good defenses is legit. It's legit. They have faced good defenses the early part of the year. You're going to see another one this week. Mm-hmm. You're going to see more as the year goes on. Buffalo, who you regard as an offensive team, held Miami to fewer points than the Patriots did. Okay? So my question is this. I feel like every year, Greg, Bill builds the team it, largely for the schedule. So that other, for example, I'm going back to 2014 now, but they were going to face some good receivers and quarterbacks that year, mm-hmm. some good passing games. He went out and got Revis. He went out and yeah, got Browner. Yeah, does it for defense. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. So this is my point. How do, you not, how do you not get better talent on your offense this year if you know going in you are going to face the Eagles out of the gate, the Cowboys out of the gate? Who else am I leaving out? Like the Saints in week five. You're going to see all these good defenses. How do you build an offense the way he built it? I mean, how are you going to win in the league at a high level if you can't play well against good defenses? I mean, if you don't play well against good defenses, it just means you suck. Right. So, wh- I mean, like, the, the good teams beat good defenses. So, he only he only builds it halfway? Like, he only builds it on one side of the ball? I'm blown up with the I, Yeah. I don't know why that struck me this morning, but it did. No, well, I mean, you I, made this point before the season. Yeah, about when how- the Hopkins thing went down, I, I, you know, I ripped Bill saying, like, you know, you, he, he gives everything to the defense. He gives nothing to the offense. And what do you expect is going to happen when you play the Dallas Cowboy defense on Sunday by every measure, advanced analytic, everything is by far the best defense in the league. What do you think is going to happen when you can't block and you can't get open? I mean, look, if Mac Jones played, if Mac Jones was a game manager in that game, the best that game is, is, I don't know, 21, 24 to three. I mean, by the way, I, I I know the numbers might say the Cowboys are the best defense. I don't think they are. 
I mean, they lost their corner. Parsons was on one leg. They didn't really dial anything up in this game, did they? It's just, I think it was more about you sucking than Dallas's great defense in that particular game. Their front's really good. I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinal, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it, the uh, Bill I mean, O'Brien, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just saying, I don't think they were, like, through the roof in that game. Again, Parsons didn't. Yeah, Parsons was on one leg. But anyway, keep going, Greg. I'm sorry. But, it, you know, in general, about this game, like, it looked horrible. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Patriots gave up uh, – 50, 53% quarterback pressure. You're not winning any game with any quarterback in this league. I don't care if Tom Brady was back there. You're not winning the game. You're not. They're, they're run blocking. 54% run stuff. To, to this point this season, their pressure rate on Mac Jones is 41.2%. You can't, win, you can't play winning football. You can't play winning f- offensive football. I went back and I looked at my numbers for the previous year. So this year it's 41.2. Last year it was 27%. His rookie year it was 31%. That is tolerable. You can you can make an indictment on the quarterback, you know, off that. I mean, they they can't block anything. What you're saying is this isn't about Mac Jones. Not uh, I'm not saying that There he, are things he, before you get to Mac Jones. Yes. Okay. Still. Say and it. I just think and I just think Sunday was it just made it look worse because of who they were playing. Pressure rate, schedule, what he's surrounded by. You think that's where we should be starting versus the quarterback? Yes. There we go. 617-779-0985. Look, and again, I mean, it, there's a certain truth to that. Now, again, I'm not telling you Jones handled it well. like, But there is a certain truth to that. That Because, again, watching the highlights this morning, again, watching them over, he was running for his life on every play, it felt like. He really was. Did he have to be? Uh, Not so much after the strip sack. I mean, but for example, the DeMario Douglas play. But your point is, once you get sped up, you get sped up. That's the whole point. Yeah, and I and I think that, I think that and we talked about this on TV, I think some of what you saw out of Mac Jones, like, you know, for for example, the, the smile to Bailey Zappi, you know, some of his sideline demeanor, his post-game demeanor, to me, and I've seen quarterbacks like this, they're in a state of shock when you get sped up. When you're just like, I, I don't know these guys. Micah Parsons is coming at me every like. You just get flustered. He was flustered. I think Mac told Bailey something along the lines of, "Well, you can't do any worse than I did." I mean, which right. is that's what I thought. Like, yeah, which is kind have, of funny and have fun with that out there. Well, now I mean, some people are taking it as, you know, good luck. You know, no, 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 we're, we're a- horrible. I took it as, well, you can't do any worse than I did. Oh. So. Oh, I thought it was well. It's been one of those two things. I don't think he was like dumping on him. I think he was. I took it as a commiserating, like, good luck with that. You're, you're <laughs> get low. You know, I I don't know. Whatever. Uh, you're not giving up on Mac Jones. Not yet. I mean, I want to see the full season. It's just like Belichick. I I want to see the the full season. I do think I think the next two weeks are going to determine a lot for this franchise. I mean, if they come out and they settle down and recalibrate and they figure out the goddamn offensive line so where they can actually get a run, they have – look, Mac Jones is limited. We all know that. He is not one of the elite guys. But you do certain things. And I'm not saying it has to be perfect. I'm not a moron. Like, I, I don't expect things to be perfect. But give them a semblance of a running game so that they can do play action. You know, it, it would be nice if they had a weapon that – uh, uh, somewhere that opened things up just a little bit. 
you know, where you're like, all right, well, they, they got to they got to play them a little bit softer on this side because of this guy. So that means some things underneath are going to be open. He just give them, give them a running game, you know, give them some sort of success, give them a little protection so we can sort things out and, and then we'll see, but no, I'm not, no, I'm not giving up on Mac Jones yet. Let's see how the season plays out. I do think the next two weeks are crucial to both Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. What, where do you get the sense the organization is? I, I, Cause I'm not giving up on him either. My my not giving up on him is really more rooted in how terrified I am of the draft and going back in and starting over and getting into that cycle of losing and drafting and losing and drafting and then drafting the wrong guy and then starting over. And the next thing you know, you look up at seven years later and you still don't have a guy like that thing. Pet, you know, I'm petrified of that. So that's really what it's more born out of. And I think there's enough there with Mac Jones that I'm willing to still build around him. But it's I, I really factor in that second thing. I hate the draft. I hate it. I've grown to hate it more and more. So, uh, But where do you think the organization stands on Mac Jones? I think that they are they're waiting to see how the season plays out. I don't think there's any rush to judgment. I know you, know, you guys have a talk show to do and everything, but I don't think the Patriots after week four make a decision on their quarterback okay. going forward. Do you think they're teetering? I don't think they love what they've seen, but I don't think it's any sort of crisis or anything like that. Exactly. We have a talk show to do. So when Greg says, calm down, don't listen to him. I'm, I'm going to say they're teetering. When he says there's no need to get hysterical, do not listen to him. You are allowed to be passionate and to care and to get hysterical. So do it with us at 617-779-0985. Cheer it after these words. What's up? Now, now. Felger and Mass continues. Morning, Bill. Um, when it comes to uh, Max, you know, decision making yesterday, obviously you preach, he preaches, company football, um, making good decisions. Um, what did you see from him? Was he trying to make plays that weren't there? Um, how would you define his decision making yesterday? All right. Well, I mean, everything gets highlighted by one or two plays, one way or the other. But like, in general, I think he makes pretty good decisions. Um, he sees sees things well. Um, but, you know, obviously as a team, we can't, you know, we can't win, turn the ball over, you know, three times in a game, two for touchdowns. So um, we got to do a better job of that. That's, you know, everybody's responsibility. The quarterback's part of it. So is everybody else. It feels like publicly, Bill is still behind Mac Jones. We'll see how that plays out. Going forward, we got the big boy, Greg Bedard, from the Boston Sports Journal in our Town Fair Tire Studios. To your calls, Chuck in Boston, go. What's up, boys? Great show so far. Listen, I'm going to say Mac Jones stinks. I'm not going to put him in the suck and blow category just yet. But let's just think for a second. The real problem is Bill Belichick. The game has clearly passed him by. We're saying he's getting all this pressure. He drafted Cole Strange in the first round. I mean, that's his fault, along with everything else that's happening. Okay, I'll stop you there. Uh, when you get to a game like yesterday, uh, Greg, do you start with the coach or the quarterback? The coach. Or, the, you know, the, especially the guy who constructed the whole thing. Who runs I mean, the program. He yeah. runs everything. He picks the groceries. He cooks the dinner. That's what he put out there. And I don't think that he's, you know, the, the quarterback is certainly limited, but he's not putting uh, the offensive players in general in position to succeed. Matt, Rhode Island, go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, well, if, if the players aren't playing um, for Max, and especially due to his play on the field and his kind of antics off the field, 
I think he's third string this week. If you need to look at film. Yeah, he's not going to be third string. Do you worry about Mac Jones' support in the locker room? Not at the moment, but he needs to win games. I mean, I, I'm I'm still in sort of the the same camp where, you know, Mac Jones at some point, and we talked about it, I think, after week one um, or, or the week two, but at some point this season, you know, by the halfway point, and, and I do think another thing that's exasperated the, the start of the season or made it look worse than it is or than in reality it is, is that, look, there's a new coordinator. It takes time. It, it, it was going to take time. I was worried about the schedule in the first eight games being too tough. Where would they be by the time they start that Bill O'Brien understands what he has and how to work with this and the quarterback and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, that, that at some point, Max got to start winning games and making winning plays to win games. And I think we're still in the same category. Okay. In games where he has a chance, you're not to put words, you're saying Sunday he didn't have a chance. Obviously, he didn't have a chance. He didn't have a chance in the fourth quarter, but didn't have a chance from the start of the game. I think that's your point. Jeff and Newton, go ahead, Jeff. Yes, this is a question for Greg, and um, Mike had mentioned it at the beginning of today. Is it possible to, for Greg to give a historical uh, perspective of great teams on the decline? The Pats are a unique situation, and I was wondering the 49ers from 81 to 94 were in five Super Bowls, two conference finals. They had two great coaches and two great quarterbacks and then from 99 to 2011 they didn't make a playoff okay so uh greg go ahead well i mean i guess you know and i did find myself looking back to the shula is the one that i know the best because i grew up a dolphins fan i saw the end of that i saw the end of jimmy um you know and i'm trying to compare and contrast to to the end of bill and it does it feels you know very similar and and really where shula was let down was in personnel first. Like he, you know, he couldn't, couldn't ever get Dan Marino a running game. Like they couldn't ever get the defense. Like Shula was always chasing it personnel wise. He never seemed to be on the level of the other teams. And I thought that's what ultimately, you know, started the decline for him. Similar to, I think, Bill's in the same sort of spot. Okay. I also think there's something to just energy put into it. I mean, yeah, I know the whole league yeah, and the new CBA, you can't practice the way that you used to. Like, I get all that. But I think that's also coincided with Bill not exactly, you know, pounding it like he used to or putting the pedal down like he used to, which is totally understood. When you've been in the league 50 freaking years and, you you know, you're in your 70s, you're not going to go at it. And you've won everything and accomplished everything there is to accomplish. It's not quite the same urgency to use uh, Mike, uh, to be Doug Marone's word there. It's just not the same urgency, and I think it permeates a little bit. I, I, I think that that's hurt them. They, 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 they don't do anything in August, and now in September, they get off to a one-and-three start every single year. And I, I, as a younger man or a younger coach with something to prove, I don't think Bill's allowing that to happen. I, but, I, one thing on Shula I wanted to point out, because I, I was looking at this on Sunday. So his last season, um, you know, there was, there was a point in the middle of the season where they got blown out by the Patriots in 1995. They got blown out by the Patriots, got blown out by the 49ers, and you know lost pretty badly to the Colts in three successive weeks. To that was really the beginning of the end, you know, for Shula. So it was sort of that that dropped them to six and six. You pretty much knew the season was over, and that's when the whispers started behind the scenes with Heisenga and those guys about you know they're going to be moving on from him. Well, but they, what coincided with that, and I you know now I'm searching my memory. What wasn't Jimmy Johnson sort of circling around that situation anyway? A little bit, yep. So, like, it, it was it. 
uh, Shula, and my memory got pushed a little bit, pushed out a little bit by Jimmy, who was at UM, wasn't he? Wasn't he at Miami at the time, or was it, was it a year off? Oh, no. He, so he, he was at UM, he went to Dallas, Dallas, Dallas and then Dallas, got pushed Dallas. out. Okay, but still, he had had such a legacy in Miami, the city, mm-hmm. down there, and he was done in Dallas. And he lived down there. And he lived down there, and so it was sort of like this thing. It would be like if Parcells lived in uh, New England. You know, if Parcells, a younger Parcells, if a yeah. younger Parcells lived in Boston, mm-hmm. and he, you know, was sort of it, you know, itching and sort of angling to get back into the game, and it's like that was a factor there too. There's no heir apparent here like that. You know, that's what sort of made that different. But that's what happens when you get into comparison. You start picking apart why they're the same or not the same. It's yeah. I'll just say broadly from ten thousand feet. I, I I feel justified a couple of years ago bringing up Shula, bringing up Noel, bringing up Landry, bringing up these guys. Because they're obviously not exactly the same, but it has some of the same feel. Ryan and Barica, go ahead, Ryan. Greg, I was about to be really proud of you today. And then after you said the film was horrible, you said, we're in your defense of Mac Jones. When Mac Jones stares down a Cowboys defender like he's on a first date with him and throws him right in, right in their hands, is that the right guard's fault or the left guard's fault? Greg? That's not what I'm saying. Uh, that's that's not what I'm saying. You're absolutely correct to say, look, he played horrible. It was the worst graded game that I've ever had for Mac Jones by far in his career. And But my only point was saying that all quarterbacks have these types of games, and even Tom Brady. Tom Brady threw four interceptions six times. He, he had at least two interceptions 49 times in his career. His rookie year, 01, I think he threw four in Denver, if I'm not mistaken. He had one of those games. Well, it might have been his rookie year. He had one of those games where he passed for like eighty-nine yards or something. It was freaking horrible. I mean, it just I, my my point. I'm not defending Mac Jones. He played horrible. He deserved to be benched. He was sped up. All that, you know, th- that's on Mac. I'm just saying that it happens to every single quarterback. Happened to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Curtis is Greg making excuses for uh, Mac Jones? Well, I mean, like uh, Greg, seriously, for years and years and years before the season even started. You guys could pencil in six wins because you, for two decades straight, had the worst conference, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the AFC East was the worst in football. But now today, and, and for years, all those years, you said, hey, we can't control our schedule. We've only played who we play. But now today, you're going to tell me that we need to take consideration the difficulty of your first four games? That is fraudulent at best, buddy. Why is it all those years it was, hey, we'll play who we play, but now it's, we got to factor in the first four games and who they played and that's garbage okay. no that's first of all i wasn't doing that i think you're conflating me with patriots fans as far as you know not talking about the afc east i think we talked about that plenty on this show over the years uh you know all i'm saying is it's one in three and it feels horrible and they just got blown out by the cowboys on national television and and bill belichick's worst ever loss and it looks bad you know, I'm just saying that I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be because they played three. The Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Dolphins are three of the best teams in the league. They are in a different class than you. I don't think the Cowboys – I generally agree. I'm not bailing on the season. I think they still have a chance to turn it around and, you know, stay in it. And I'm not giving up on Mac Jones. So I broadly agree with you. I don't think the Cowboys are as good as you made them look on Sunday. No. I, I don't think they're a great team. I think they're – I said yesterday, Greg, that that used to be the kind of team in your wheelhouse. Some talent, but kind of stupid. Some flashy talent, but kind of undisciplined. I, I completely agree with you, and I don't know if they're going to be a great team by the end of the season, but through four games, 
They beat the Giants forty to okay, nothing. Again, they beat the Jets twenty six to ten, and they wiped the floor with you. Their schedule. They've played. You know, they haven't played anybody. Look, Cardinals are Cardinals are pretty good, and the Cardinals Cardinals beat them up. You know, they got the wake up call. If they if they would have rolled the Cardinals, I think the Patriots would have had a better shot on Sunday. Joe Murray is uh, is Greg Bedard making excuses for Mac Jones? Uh, I feel that Bill O'Brien's play calling is not being mentioned once on this show today. <laughs> that this is not about being suspect oh, no, or anything oh, like no. that. We're getting to it, but would you say, if you had one word to describe Bill O'Brien at this point, what would you say? Suspect. <laughs> I need more emotion than that. Yeah, no. Come on. Yeah. He's hey. suspect. No, that's not hey, good hey, enough. Uh, I need nighttime yeah, Joe Murray. Yeah. Listen, I, who's calling the offense? I, I asked you this in postgame the other night. You said, oh, that's Bill, Bill Belichick's call. Who's calling the offense? Who's saying on fourth and one, uh, go for it with your pads on the ground? You got to get lower. Let's just hit it right into the ground. But who, who's making the calls? And these are critical calls. Third, fourth downs. Is it Bill O'Brien calling the offense or is it Bill Belichick? It's O'Brien. I think you guys are both idiots. <laughs> I, think, I, I at least gave you a better case. Like, they, like, like he says it's the offensive line. The offensive line gave up zero sacks last week but scored 13 points. So whose problem is it? Is it the offensive line, or is it them not scoring points? Listen, or is it play calling? I've said this from the beginning. I don't believe in the quarterback. I don't believe he can make plays. I think you need a playmaker at that position to win. But they can't block. They can't block. They can't so, block in the Joe, run. Joe, you know pressure is not just about sacks. They you gave know up that. Zero sacks Whoa. against the Jets and scored 13 points. So tell me it's the offensive line. Just keep telling me it's the line. It is. Figure it out. It's the Make line. Make better plays. Get the ball out faster. When someone does a cut, Mac Jones, throw the ball to him right away when he's open, not when there's three guys on him. No and separation. By the, and by the the Pop Douglas play, oh, Pop got open. He ran into Parker. He ran into him. How about you space it out, the offensive coordinator? Space it out so guys can actually get open and the quarterback can be successful. And one last thing, please stop throwing it to the sideline. They're, they're playing a yard off, and when they throw the little the little ball comes so slow, they just jump in front of the receiver and intercept it. So at least play to Mac Jones' strengths. So in a way, I think there are other things before Mac Jones. I hate to agree with, with him, but he's right. He's absolutely right. It didn't sound like you agreed with him, though. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I will say that. We'll continue with your calls and three up, three down. I want Joe Murray's uh, input on that as well after the headline.com. Elger and Maz continue on the Sports Hub. And now it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, let's do it. Uh, three up, three down with Greg Bedard. Presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Three studs, three duds from the game. You guys can play along. Greg, go ahead. Number one star. Is there one? Yeah. Jelani Tavai. Uh, It was the best game I've ever seen him play. He had eight impactful plays. Uh, He was tremendous in this game. Uh, Kyle Duggar. I'm not a big guy on tackles. He had 15 of them on Sunday. No way. 15 tackles. And again, they're all in the run game, it felt like. 
I mean, I, I feel like he never makes – I shouldn't say that. He made tackles in the past game. But the at the end of the day, I only feel like he ever makes negative plays in the run game. It's not good news when your safety is is leading you in tackles Bingo. with 15. Joe Murray, do you care to play? You can or not? Eh, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know anybody. That you know what? The Let's punter. To, the punter. Know, all right. We'll wait till they the, the three down, and you can weigh in on that. All right. Who's your number one, uh, number two star? Dietrich Wise. Uh, he was tremendous in this game. Five impactful plays. Um you know, it caused a lot of sacks that other guys cleaned up. I uh, did a really nice job in this game. Hunter Henry. I thought he was like the one guy on offense that actually caught the ball when it was thrown to him. He I, did have a drop, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yep. But he also made one absolutely sensational catch. That was ridiculous. And I, I'm ashamed to put anybody from the offense in the three ups, but he would be my pick. Number three, Greg, quickly. Demario Douglas made the one play on offense. Mass. Jelani Tavai, believe it or not, I can't stand the guy. I think, <laughs> I, I again, he's been I, a good little find. He has, but if he's like one of your guys, oh no, right, you, you suck. Yeah, fair enough. So okay. that's sort of how I feel. But he was pretty good in this game. I agree with Craig. Three down, go. Mac Jones, you know, can't uh, can't turn the ball over three times, especially two for touchdowns. Can't happen. Michael Omwenu, useless, useless. Penalties, bad blocking, the whole nine yards, the worst you could ever get from an offensive lineman in a game was Michael and Winter. Joe Murray? Juju Smith-Schuster. I can't do anything. Five targets, one catch, falls down. It's awful. Number two, Greg? <laughs> Vidarian Lowe. Uh, probably the worst game I've ever seen from an offensive lineman. <laughs> uh, I had him for uh, 14 minus plays in this game. He gave Ooh. up six and a half total quarterback pressures, four stuffed runs. He was awful. Now, some of it was, and, and NFL exec told me, the Cowboys, Dan Quinn shows you exactly where you're weak because that's where they line up Markham Parsons. He was almost always over the right tackle. And, Did he get any help? Uh, they tried. But here's here's the other thing about you want to blame Bill O'Brien uh, for something. They tried to use their, their tight ends so much in the blocking game in this game. And those guys can't block their way out of a paper bag. And Pharaoh Brown's not much better. They are horrendous. Uh, Gesicki, especially, and Hunter Henry just got owned on the edge in this game. Just to add to that, did you know that Janu Smith has more yards than any other receiver on the Patriots? <laughs> fact, that, not opinion. That's, that's a, a good fact. one. No, that's a good one. Janu Smith for the Falcons yes. has more receiving yardage than anyone on the Patriots. Anybody on the Patriots. Any human being on the Patriots. <laughs> Correct. Any, right, any breathing thing. The guy that they wanted to get rid no, of. I know who he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, good stat. Number two, number two down. I had Jones second. You know, Wenu and Jones. It, it, Jones is horrible. Joe Murray? Devin Godshaw can't stop the run. He's awful. <laughs> number three. See, this is fun, isn't it, Joe? <laughs> Michael Wenu. He, he was horrendous in this game. I, I hope he's hurt because the right side of the line, and you factor in the tight ends were over there a lot. Holy hell. It was like the highway to Mac Jones and the running backs. Like, you know, good luck. Just horrible. Juju Smith-Schuster, five targets, one catch every week. It feels like that's what it is. <laughs> one for five for the year. It's 11 for 21. They bat 500 when they throw to Schuster. Think of that in the modern NFL. 11 for 21 on targets of the guy who's your number one receiver. You suck. Joe? Ja- Jabril Peppers because he'd rather play in the box than be a, a free safety. But Miles Bryant, I'm going to add him because he had 10 tackles, and that's awful for a corner. Okay, not his fault. I mean, he's not yeah, responsible getting beat, for the- so he has to make the tackle. Oh, I see. Okay. But Pre- Peppers needs to play free safety a little more. Peppers needed to be over there. He he played free safety on that touchdown, and he was slow and didn't react. He needs to be over there to help Miles Bryant. This that. is the problem. All of their safeties are run players. Right. Yeah, they're thumpers. Yeah. 
They're run players. They're not pass players. Okay, we continue with your calls with Greg Bedard right after these words in our long commercial-free segment. We're back with more Felger and Mass. I thought yesterday was a not only a bad day for Mac Jones, I think they've emotionally moved off him in New England, and I think they're going to draft a quarterback. So it has been reported New England coaches in the offseason were furious with Mac Jones. That's been reported for seeking advice outside of the building. That happened about a year and a half ago. The coaches were furious. It's well documented. I've been told his cheap shots, he was confronted by a teammate last year. Um, his teammates don't like the cheap shots to players. He's had four or five of those. And so where is allies in the building? When Mitch Trubisky struggled in Chicago, his teammates liked him. When Justin Fields has struggled at times in Chicago, a lot, it feels like his teammates like him. Where are the allies for Mac Jones? He was called McEnroe Jones at Alabama. He's ticked off the coaches. Basically, Belichick's just told Bill O'Brien, you have him. I don't want to deal with him. He's apparently, I've been told last year, confronted by a teammate over the cheap shots. Um, Nobody rushed to his defense this year. Nobody publicly defended him on the Sauce Gardner shot. And then you watch the body language. You watch him yesterday. I have never seen a Belichick team that listless with that little fight ever. Forget the score. That team had no juice, no energy. They weren't ready to go. All right, I just want your thoughts on that report. Are you hearing anything along those lines? Do you think Colin is uh, on to something that Mac Jones lacks support? Uh, both, you know, above them and below them, if you will. I don't. I, I have not heard that um, to me. And, you know, I, I respect Colin immensely. I think it's a regurgitation of a lot of stuff from last year that, you know, if you if you listen to it, a lot of stuff that he said was about last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coaches calling down to Alabama, the cheap shots. The cheap shots was a thing. Was it whenever the Eli Apple thing happened? Yep. That was the that was the worst one in the building. You know, there there were some teammates that are just like, dude, you can't do that. I mean, we you know, us as players, we got to look out for each other. We can't be cheap shotting each other. You know, going after people's knees behind the play, like you can't be doing that. Uh, so to me, a lot of this stuff is old. I think it's just because of the circumstances. One and three, thirty eight to thirty eight to three. You know, blood's in the water, and I think people are are churning up a lot of stuff that is, you know, old news. Is it? You know, like I said before. He's got to start winning games at some point, and then the tide will turn. Okay. So I believe in that part, too. Like, just because it's bad doesn't I mean – just because it bad, it's bad doesn't mean it's going to stay bad. Just because it's bad doesn't mean you can't overcome it and get to the other side. Okay, that happens all the time. I think too many people see that it's a bad situation. Well, it's going to stay bad. It's going to get worse. Now, sometimes it's just – you have the up and the down. Now, sometimes it stays bad. Sometimes it never corrects itself. And maybe this will be one of those cases. But just because it looked the way it looked in Dallas doesn't mean that that's, the, that that's what you are. I do believe in that. Uh, anyway, back to your phones here with Greg Bedard. Ryan in the North End. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, so for all the Pats fans that think they're watching the most boring, pathetic football they've ever seen in their lives, there's a reason for that. 71% of offensive drives this year have ended in either a punt or a turnover. 71% is horrendous. It's, uh, Greg, how do they fix that? How do they fix that with Mac Jones, a quarterback, and Bill seemingly not giving an F about the offense? Okay, so that's the Patriots' percentage. It's 71% of their drives end in, what do you say, punt or turnover? Yes, correct. Which is by far the highest percentage in the league. I mean, that's 7 out of 10 times you don't even have to watch. How does that change, Greg, 
with the current personnel and the current coaching. The way this team is constructed, especially offensively, this team isn't doing anything on offense until they figure out how to run the ball. That's the way they were built. They brought in Zeke to help that, whatever that looks like on the offensive line. Like, I thought Moffey was was solid in this game. I thought Trent Brown, he had a few iffy reps, but for the most part was pretty good. Andrews was pretty good in the game. But they got to figure out right guard and right tackle. I mean, it's it, – it, and Maz and I were just talking about it off the air. I mean, this is – this is what it all came down to. I mean, I think Cole Strange is, you know, I would leave Moffy where he is. You know, he's been better than Cole Strange. And they have to figure out how they're going to run the ball, and then they need to get to play action. You can't have you can't have one without the other, but you really need both. I mean, you know, looking back, Mac Jones's play action rate this this point this year, 17%. Last year under uh Matt Patricia, it was 17%. His rookie year, 27%. Like that's with these guys who are not sit back there and sling it, guys. You have to do things that help them. Running game, play action, screen game. There were, like, no screens in this game. I was surprised in this game to get, you know, Joe, Joe Murray's favorite guy, Bill O'Brien. You know, look like they came out and said, we can go toe-to-toe with this defense after what we saw on film with the Cardinals. And I thought, this. look, I, I'll, full transparency, I thought the same thing. I was like, Patriots can do this. Cowboys aren't that good up front. They just couldn't, they couldn't block, and then there was... There was no quick game. They didn't run a screen until I think it was twenty-eight to three. To Ezekiel Elliott went for like three yards. Um, you know there are there are some things that they can do, but they are going nowhere if they can't run the ball. They have to run the ball. Jimmy and Saugus, go ahead, Jimmy. Gallagher, I don't know what you're talking about. The Cowboys, three of the four wins, have won the combined of one hundred and eight to sixteen. They're one of the best teams in the league, brother. You got your ass whipped. Just face it. Well, they definitely got their ass whipped. I just think they got their ass whipped by not that great of a team. I don't believe in the Cowboys. I'm sorry. Some of their individual talent, I of course, like, I'm no idiot. Parsons is a beast. I was really impressed with CeeDee Lamb. I think he's tough. You know, I think he's a tough. Yeah, he's good. I, 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 I like his toughness. There was a play uh, I meant to mention yesterday. He... He's got a bad ball by Prescott in the flat, and he somehow caught it, kept his feet, spun. Oh, almost got the first down. And Miles Bryant hit him. And then lowered his head and drilled. And, you know, I had this really low, hard collision with Miles Bryant that was short of the first, and they kicked the field goal. But the whole effort on that play, I was like, that impressed me. Like, you're not not one of these mamby-pamby finesse receivers. Like, he's tough. So, some of their individual, and I like Dak Prescott. I like all of it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like all of it. I, some of their individual talent, I get, I can see it. I'm no dummy. They'll f it up. They're stupid, unfocused. Uh, I don't believe in Mike McCarthy. So you know, we have a good time against the Giants and the Jets and a Patriots team that's really struggling. When they face some real teams, certainly late in the year, they'll do what they always do, which is lose, because that's what the Cowboys do. They lose. Dan in Orlando, go ahead, Dan. Hey, what's up, guys? So, um, I don't know, Felger. I think uh, Dallas probably just walked it back. They just probably dialed it down and didn't open up because the game, they, they, they just got so much pressure. And to Bernard, I feel like those statistics where you're saying, you know, it was 27 last year percent for them uh, rush a pressure on the quarterback versus this year's like 40-something. Well, that's the secret sauce to beating us. You you know, get, get in Max's head. Give him a shorter time clock. He's going to make a dumb pass. 
He can't make good reads quickly, and I just I, I believe that's everybody's going to do that from now on. Forty is going to be our freaking floor. Okay, it, I'm just going to stop. It's Bedard, <laughs> not Bernard. Whatever. But is, is there any, called worse? Is there any way to get out of that other than just block better? I mean, can you expect more out of Mac Jones? In well. Those- and- in those spots. See, and that's that's where the talent on the outside comes into things. Like, if if you're afraid of the talent, I mean, look at the way the Patriots played the Dolphins. I mean, three deep safeties basically prevent defense, and Tua had all day to throw. No pressure on him. Yeah, that's because you're too worried about the weapons. So you're like, oh, we got to hang back. We can't bring pressure. We need more people in coverage to handle these guys. Nobody cares about the Patriots' weapons. The Dallas Cowboys got up there and they basically snuffed out the Patriots either in man coverage or they just like laid three yards off and they knew Mac wasn't going to have time, uh, you know, to get the ball down the field. I, I mean, it's it's uh, you know he talks about well that's the book on Mac Jones. Let me let me clue you in on something. Getting pressure on the quarterback is the is the book on every single quarterback, including Tom Brady. When Tom Brady was here, the Jets used to say we just need to hit Brady. At some point, okay. even if it's late, early in the game, it'll get him sped up. Okay. Brady had his days where he got sped up. He wasn't perfect. But he was great against pressure. He was great. If you devote, you know, and a lot of times. Yeah, he when just, he had Gronk or Edelman or James White to, th- you know, yeah. outlets. When sure. he had out- when he yes. had answers, Mac Jones has no answers on this roster. It's true. But when he did, and he'd usually pick you apart at the line where teams would have to, you like, you'd be nuts to blitz Brady. Yeah. Remember we went through those phases? Oh, where yeah. It's like, no, no, you couldn't. When he you, was at his peak, forget it. If you sent extra guys against them, you were toast. Yeah. And he wasn't a mobile or athletic guy, so there is there are paths around it, you know. Yeah, but the the, the thing is, they're not sending, they're not blitzing. No, I know, I know. They don't the need problem. to blitz. I mean, they got a pressure on Mac Jones with a three man rush. Well, that's, the other day, and that was it with Brady. You have to get home with four. Remember, we just said that for a decade. Over. It's like it, that's why the Giants had success. If you could get home against Brady with just four rushers, you had a chance because you weren't taking guys out of coverage, and he didn't have to diagnose any, you know. So, like, you take that. Well, whatever. I don't want to talk about Brady, but you know what I mean. So just because Mac Jones can't run should not make it a zero-sum game about pressure. Like, there still is a way to defeat pressure, even if you're not athletic. Uh, Some things that are being said about Mac Jones, fair or unfair? Let's get to that after uh, Joel Murray. E-Pod Studios. The Felger Maz Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for this? It's Felger and Matt. Oh, stupid, my uh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. What do we say about Mac Jones today? Are you referring to P-Shooter Jones? <laughs> I think <laughs> you are. Because he, here's the thing. The guy doesn't have a whole lot of arm talent. I've said it from jump. Maybe the weakest arm for all starting quarterbacks in the league, maybe that Ritter kid, I don't know. What's mm-hmm. well, the truth? Like, mm-hmm. are you t- give me a guy that, that has a worse arm than this cat. Uh, it doesn't happen, all right? He doesn't have the power to throw it outside the numbers or vertically, and that's it. Why do they throw all those screens? I love his completion percentage. Yeah, he's throwing screens and, and hitches and things like that. When he has to, to make plays, he can't make them, and that's a, a simple fact. I don't hate. I'm telling you based on all the yeah. years, I've had to defend against everybody. I would love to defend against this guy. Are you kidding me? Like, this guy can't throw. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Is that fair or unfair on the part of Rex Ryan there on ESPN yesterday morning? Uh, You know, for the most part. I mean, look, when Mac, uh, you know, and I've started to call him uh, Backfoot Mac. You know, when he he gets not 
it's not just when he sped up because I've seen it at other points of this year. When he decides to throw off his back foot, he's got nothing on the ball. Nothing. He needs to drive it. And, you know, it's on Bill O'Brien and Evan Rothstein, the assistant quarterback's coach, to, to, to get him more consistent. His mechanics have been sloppy. When he doesn't throw proper mechanics, it's not good enough. It's not NFL level. And so it's an issue. But I do think, you know, if, if he was playing behind a great offensive line, you know, which I'm more in the camp of, you know, either you need a great offensive line or great weapons. Like if you're a quarterback, if you're a pocket quarterback, give me one or the other, I can deal with it. If he was behind a great offensive line, I don't think we'd have any issues with how he drives the ball down the field. Okay, as part of these, you know, the, Pats have been featured kind of prominently on ESPN the last couple of days, last couple of mornings, because it's feels like it's, uh, you know, it's certainly at an inflection point, you know, where it's headed and what does that mean for Mac Jones's future, Bill Belichick's future, all of this. So they've gotten some airtime the last couple of days. You've heard some good defenses of the Patriots that you actually agree with, Greg or Maz, you want to play the sounds that you broke out? Sure, yeah, Jimmy Stewart, if we could go to um, that sound that we pulled. Let's play the uh, the first one that's on that list. I don't remember who it was that talked, but I remember. RG3. It was RG3. Play that. Mac Jones is not a creator, okay? But they're asking him to create. So that starts with the scheme problem. When you look at what he did in 2021, had the number six offense in the NFL. Who was his coordinator? Josh McDaniel, mm-hmm. right? One of the best OCs we've ever seen in this league. Now you move forward to this year, and they have one of the worst offenses in the league. Well, what's the difference? Well, in 2021, they were doing play action 27% of the time. That's the type of player that Mac Jones is. Right now, they're doing it 14% of the time. So because of that, they're asking him to, all right, we need you to go out and scramble a little bit. We're going to have the play going to break down. You're going to do all these different things. And that's not who he is. Yeah. For me, this comes down to coaching. In year two, Preach. Bill Belichick messed up his young quarterback. Mm-hmm. When you give him a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator as his offensive coordinator, yep. and now he's on his third coordinator in three years in the NFL, that is, to me, the epitome of a coaching malpractice. Yeah. And Bill Belichick's one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. He's arguably the greatest coach of all time in NFL history. But he really overthought this, and it's hurt Mac Jones permanently, in my opinion. How do you feel about that, Greg? I agree with all of it. You know, I mean, like, I don't think he's broken off of last year, but I think it, it it's it's going to take some time. And I think that the way Bill constructed this offense, like, you know, he look, he, he, he made amends by bringing in Bill O'Brien, okay? He needed to go further. He needed to go further and say, all right, you know, we're going to make sure we got the offensive line set. We're going to bring in a right tackle. We're going to spend money at right tackle. We're going to go get a weapon. We're going to actually get a third down back for the first time in forever. And we're gonna we're gonna set up our young quarterback for success, and he didn't do any of those things. Joe, do you think that lets Mac Jones off the hook? A, a little bit, yeah, I do. Um, I again, there are so many things before Mac Jones, but I think RG three is the perfect guy to bring this up. It happened to him, right? If you look at his career, a lot of these things happened to him, the offensive line, et cetera. So I think if he says that it's done permanently, it was almost permanent for RG three. I mean, he was able to hang around out in the league, but. Yeah, I think it's absolutely the okay. scheme. All right, but there's just a statute of limitations on blaming last year. You know, oh, for the, sure. The coaching of malpractice of last year, wh- wh- when does that not apply this year? I mean, maybe I'll give you the first month. There's a you know, residual damage. But, you know, you, you just can't, you know, five years from now, Mac Jones still sucked. It's like, well, Bill screwed me in year two. Like, you can't do that. At some point, there's a statute of limitations. Yeah, so look, I, I think it can be both. I think it can be bad coaching and the kid's not good enough. I think, I think what you have right now, right now, is the worst of both scenarios. 
You got a guy backpedaling who doesn't have the arm to, or the wheels to get out of it. So now what? Now he's going to get his brains beat in. So I happen to believe that Bill porked him big time in year two. Oh, and that just doesn't go away with four games and a new OC. Like, I, I don't think it's quite that simple. You know, it, 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 it's just you, you can also separate it, meaning Mac Jones might not be good enough. He, he might not be the guy. Absolutely. But Bill still did the wrong thing. Exactly. Like, I'll just give you a, 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 exactly. an, a, an analogy that you could, uh, you know, uh, pick apart. But, uh, you know, when Bill didn't play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl, it's like a lot of fans defending Bill said, well, how do you know that would have changed the game? That probably wouldn't have changed the game. Maybe you're right. Okay, my answer? Maybe you're right. Maybe it wouldn't have changed the game. Did that make it the right move? Let's separate it. Exactly. Did Bill do everything he could in that Super Bowl to put his team in the best position to win? He did not. Maybe Butler would have helped. Maybe he wouldn't. But that is independent of was that the right decision or not. So I'd say the same thing about Mac Jones. He might not be the guy, but doing what you did is what it is. And that was not the right thing. And just look at, you know, the the draft this year. And, you know, uh, Christian Gonzalez, great draft pick. Keon White's probably going to have a bigger role coming up here without Matthew Judon, which I'm excited to see. Marte Mapu, I think, is a good player. Had a few challenging plays this weekend. But, you know, you look at it and you say, all right, well, what's the what's in the best interest of this football team this year? You know, would it be drafting, you know, going, you know, tackle, tight end, you know, what have you? I mean, you know, was... Was the defense beefing up the defense? Was that a way to win games in today's NFL for this year, or would it have been better to 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 put those assets towards the offense? I mean, I think I think all that stuff is open for discussion. Do you hear something else, Mass? Yeah, I like the Jeff Saturday comment too, Jimmy. That was uh, Saturday number one, the first one, the longer one. You looked at it this season when they when they put the roster together. You're like, well, they're not going to score points. This is going to be a defense, special teams type team. We're going to go back. And you made the point where they got good two tight ends. All right, welcome to 1999. I'm with you too, right? Like, <laughs> those are the two best guys you got. We're in trouble, boys. I mean, you know, it just it blows my mind that when you sit back there, everybody's going to be like, well, what's wrong with Mac Jones? The dude is frustrated. To, to RG3's points, man, when you have what you had last year and the debacle it was, now you have a new offensive coordinator and. You're asking him to go out. Nobody wants to pass. Whatever, whatever it is. And by the way, they're 32nd in the league in pass protection. 32nd in the league. So not only is he frustrated by not having explosive plays, you're not getting protected. We just made the comment about Daniel Jones. When you get hit all the time, it changes the pace that you play with. Correct. It makes you do things like you're doing. You're throwing across your body, doing all these things because it just it just continues to snowball. It is a frustrating. And, and listen, this guy won a bunch of games at Alabama. You start going in the league and you lose it is frustrating and you're seeing that frustration play on the field okay thoughts on that yeah so look again i i think that that was the crux of the problem on sunday i think that jones was running for his life i think you could see it the throwing off his back foot is here they come i'm gonna get hit and i remember this and I, i'm not telling you it's again it's a bad analogy i remember this happening to bledsoe at one point in his career it happened to jim plunkett when he was young you get hit so many times that eventually you go back expecting to get hit. Even when there's no rush, you feel it coming. Yeah. Ghosts, as you would say, Greg. Yeah, and I, I think that after the strip sack, you know, he got sped up to the point where, like, any time he saw a white Cowboys jersey, like, flash, even if he was ultimately not a danger, he was, he was freaking out, including there was a play in the second half where Mack went to a three-step drop and just, and just ran – forward i mean there, it wasn't like there was a big opening i think that mac like he, he was so far gone that i think he he forgot what the play was 
and like I think everybody else was on a five step drop. He went to a three. Like it was, he was freaked out. But you know that stuff happens. By the way, about the pea shooter comment, and and you know it's fine. Rex can say whatever he wants to say, and I'm not going to totally disagree with that. As I said about he, his back foot stuff. I mean, he he doesn't have a big arm. Right. He does it. But but I will say, you know, looking at the Pro Football Focus numbers, so. You know, I don't really care about short passing. I don't really care about deep passing. Deep passing is more about, all right, you get a coverage bust or something like that, and, you know, somebody's wide open. On passes, um, 10 to 19 yards. To me, that's, you know, money quarterbacking. Uh, the leaders in passer rating on that depth, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Mac Jones, and then C.J. Shroud. Like, you know, Mac is not a bad quarterback. You just – he needs he needs some help. We I think we all know that, and I think Bill should have know uh, known that and done every, everything he could to make things better for his quarterback. But of course, he didn't even do that for Brady. So what are we expecting? Uh, Mac Jones quit like this back step stuff. This is him quitting. I don't. Really, I, I disagree. Well, we we talked about this in post game. Right. You kind of led towards he quit. I did. So and then I did went he quit and watched. Or not? I, I watched the film that play. And I know others, you know, Tom Curran after the game also, you know, mentioned it. And, you know, looking at it closer after the game, I, I thought that that was true. I saw it on film where I think, so Mac missed the read. This is when he was sped up. He was out of control. Devontae Parker was open. He should have, he, he had him earlier. He missed him. And I think to me, that was Mac like frustrated with himself that he didn't see it earlier and he didn't want to turn the ball over again. So we just got rid of it. That's the way I took it, watching him on film. Mm. Mike, I, just quickly, I, I, know, I know I keep saying this. I think he gave up on the little things in this game. I yes. know I keep saying this. I find it stunning, stunning that Bill Belichick went into a season without an offensive line. I can't believe they did that. We all sat here a year ago, and we talked about the biggest needs on the team. And I think that 80% of the people we talked to. It's tackle. Tackle. Tackle, tackle, tackle. They got to get a tackle. Their offensive line sucks. They got to protect the kid. Move Trent Brown to right tackle. Go get a left tackle. That was the plan. <laughs> they didn't even draft one in the fourth round. They didn't even get a right tackle. They traded up for a kicker. It was, I, I find that to be, you know, RG3 used the term malpractice, coaching malpractice. The, the offensive line is coaching malpractice. That is horrible. I forgot that Joe Murray and Greg talk uh, post-game every Yeah, night. me too. That, that, yeah. that must be a fun conversation. That's <laughs> not what you said Sunday night. Yeah, I got, <laughs> remember to set my watch it's for like that talking one. to my wife. That's not what you said the other day. <laughs> Ten questions with Bedard right after this. Tackle. Tackle. Tackle, tackle, tackle. They got to get a tackle. Their offensive line sucks. They got to protect the kids. What's up? Every day they work their hardest to give you the best show they can. I think that's rare. It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Ten questions, ten minutes around the league with Greg Bedard. We got to stay on time. What are our buzzer options, Jimmy? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Did you hear Dak Prescott the other day? <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> I never heard a kid like it before in my life. Next, 
I know everything on this topic there is to know. True. Yep. Patriots cheating, Spygate, et cetera, Deflategate. Yep. <laughs> I'm right. You know I'm right. And you're not going to get anywhere here. So go somewhere else. Correct. Don't test me on those subjects. You'll lose. Last one. Maybe it's what Bill's way of <laughs> shiving the crafts. Yes. <laughs> what does it sound like to get shivved? That's what I came up with. <laughs> Hit it. Maybe it's what Bill's way of <laughs> shiving the crafts. Number 10, what did you make of Zach Wilson's performance the other night, Greg? Holy crap. I mean, <laughs> like, I thought they did, like, invasion of the body snatchers or something <laughs> like that. I was like, it was amazing. It, it was. I was glued to my seat. I've never seen anything like it. As shocked as I've ever been in any walk of life, it made me question my knowledge about anything. I thought it was the most entertaining hour of NFL football that I've watched this entire year, any game, at anywhere. It was unbelievable. I mean, talk about like, wow, he looks good. <laughs> like, it was stunning, I'm telling you. I, I, like, I, I woke up the next day questioning whether the sky was blue. I liked your comment yesterday where you say, if I can't write him off, I can't write anyone off. <laughs> exactly. I, it's going to kill my ability to write people off in the future. Exactly. Not that I'll stop doing it. But, like, holy crap, I thought this kid's got no chance. You ever thought Joe Murray? Aaron Rodgers helped him out. He was up there. I refuse to believe it, but go ahead. No, if you watched Hard Knocks, he saw, hey, look for this, look for that. I think he got some support from Rodgers. I think he's going to help out. If Rodgers told him, just sling it, you know, get back there, and you've got an incredible arm, you might not think he's open. I know they're telling you not to throw interceptions, but let it go. If that was his one bit of advice, that worked because he just – Got back there and let it go. I mean, he can th- he can throw a good ball. I, I'm almost rooting for him. Like, it's like, wouldn't that be a story? Unbelievable. If he actually pans out and now <laughs> they they get half decent, Dink Face is ready to come back, and now they have Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Like, that'd be a good story. It'd be a great story. Next. Yeah! Here we go. <laughs> Pick one going forward. You have no other options. Would you... Would you pick Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? Zach Wilson. I mean, I'm going with the talent. I mean, it, and the thing was, even after the week before, I wasn't ready to give up on him. I just would, you know, get a really good coach, and if I have to sit him for half a year, I sit him for half a year. But he's so freaking talented. Daniel Jones sucks. He's horrible. Daniel Jones. I'm taking Daniel Jones. I like Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is capable. He's yeah, got size. He can handle an offense. He, it's the same. Greg, you should be consistent about this. It's the same problem with the Giants that it is with the Patriots. They can't block. They have no weapons. The only difference is he can run. I'm telling you, it's the same thing. He's terrible. He's better than Mac Jones. I know that. I'd take Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson. I can't. I just can't give the ground yet. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It's too quick. It's too quick. Joe, you want play? Daniel Jones is going to get killed. So at some point, maybe Zach Wilson's more healthy. Next. I know everything on this topic there is to know. Number eight, give me a key player across the league who is destined to get hurt. He's just not going to keep it up. Travis Kelsey. I've been there for a couple of years, especially coming into this year. I think I mentioned before the season opener, I said, Kelsey's bound to get hurt at some point. And now the Taylor Swift thing, he's definitely getting hurt. <laughs> so I misunderstood the question. I went with Anthony Richardson. I, I think that kid's destined for injury. No, no, that's the right. It's the right answer. Okay, I, I just there's no way that kid's going to. So he's already missed a game. See, to me, it's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm watching him in San Francisco score all these touchdowns, be Mister Everything. Like he's getting MVP consideration. I say to myself, he, he's going to get hurt. He's hurt every single 
year. Good one. Like, that's one I think is just destined to get hurt. Brock Purdy. It's going to happen to him again. Why him? I just feel like everything's going too well. And then the Sam Darnold's going to come in, and let's see if the next quarterback can come in and keep that thing going. Purdy does look little. Next. He is little. (laughs) I'm right. You know I'm right, and you're not going to get anywhere here. So go somewhere else. No, I, I and I didn't mean that last part. Just keep coming here if you want to argue with me about Deflategate. Go somewhere else. Spygate. No, no, don't go anywhere else. <laughs> Stay right here and get your brains beat in if you want to challenge me on Spygate. Number seven, what do you remember most about Russ Francis, the late, great Russ Francis? Not a ton because of how young I was, but I just remember him being the first in, in my lifetime, a really good two-way tight end. that They could do everything well. Yeah, he was, he was complete. He was a blocker and a receiver. He was a force. I don't want to say he was Gronk before Gronk. That's a little too strong. I mean, I, I don't remember the blocking. I, he was the first elite receiving tight end that I remember. And I just going back, and again, because I, I worked with him. He did a show with us on NBC Sports Boston, the former NBC Sports Boston, several years ago. So I got to know him a little bit. Sweet guy. And I, I went back and looked at it a little bit. Uh, because I seem to remember... Uh, like the the Monday night game where Cosell announced John Lennon's death, I just seem to remember Russ Francis being a part of that. I remember talking to him about it. Maybe there was a shot where he was turned to the crowd and was asking the crowd. I think he heard it from the someone in the crowd told him during the game or at the end of the game. I can't remember exactly the detail on it, but uh, either way. So I happened to be watching highlights of that game just now. He caught like a sixty yard bomb down the middle of the field. Like I, he people don't realize how what an elite receiver he was. I don't remember how he blocked, but he was like I want to say the first tight end that was an elite receiver and almost you know played like a wide receiver. He was that good. Next, okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> if Dallas is run by a meddlesome owner, which they are, who put his kid in charge of personnel, which he did. Why does it seem they're able to draft so much talent? <laughs> if they're run by two meddlesome bozos, how do they have so many good players? So um, Steven's pretty good. Steven Jones is pretty level-headed, and he, you know, he lets those guys do the work. And you know, Will McClay's really good. He's he's in charge of their personnel, uh, well respected around the league. And I think, if if I'm not mistake, mistaken, they pay those guys really well, so they don't really want to go anywhere. They're they're content with doing what they're doing. Can I give you another answer? They keep it simple. They take the obvious talent at the top end of the draft. Des Bryant, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, all these guys are highly rated. They don't go into it like Belichick, thinking they're going to prove that they're smarter than everybody else and take Cole Strange, Jordan Richards. Or trade down. Yeah. All right. they, they just pick the guy who they're supposed to pick, they, when they, especially in the first round. They take talent. They watch college football. They know these kids from high school to college to what they're going to be in the NFL. They're just in it. They watch it more, and they know who the top guys are. By the way, you know Jerry wanted to draft Johnny Manziel, but Steven basically like tackled him in the draft room and wouldn't let him do it. Next. I know everything on this topic there is to know. Tool bag question. List the top tool bag quarterback rooms and stop when you get to the Saints which features Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. Jets, Broncos, and then the Saints. Jets, Saints. Who's the Broncos backup? Uh, it is Jared Stidham. Is he a tool bag? Yeah. Okay. Jets, Saints. How far, how, how far off are the Patriots? On Jets this are list? number one. I was going to say, where are the Patriots on this list? 
Mm, well, they're not ahead of those two. Top five, maybe. Top I mean, seven. again, I, just start I, with Rodgers and Carr. Their quarterback room is better than the Patriots. Room. No, I'm not talking about, about talent. I'm talking about oh, tool okay. yeah. bag. Tool bag. No. Why, why are these guys tool bags? You don't understand the question. Imagine those two. No, no, I just, Derek Carr and James. You don't think Jameis Winston's a tool bag? <laughs> I mean, yeah, with his crab legs, yes. I, okay, I the crab legs. I, I was throwing Taysom Hill, Hill in there, too, but okay. No, yeah. no, tool bags. And Derek Carr? Yeah. Loser tool bag. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll educate you okay, on the okay. definition okay. of It's not about talent. Though. It's about douchebaggery. Yeah. Okay. Next. Snap on. Sorry. Maybe it's what Bill's way of <laughs> shiving the crafts. Sunday Night Football saw a big ratings increase for NBC. Second highest rated Sunday Night game so far. I know it's a short sample, but the only one that was higher was the opener. It was much higher, the ratings. Then last year's week four matchup between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Big uptick in women, 53% increase in teen women. Do you know anyone who watched this game specifically because of Taylor Swift? I do not, but I'm interested in hearing about the Felger household. Yes, my wife. Yeah, she was much more interested in the game because of Swifty. Absolutely, 100%, which, by the way, proves my theory that this whole thing is a sham. It's a business decision, but go ahead. Okay. I mean, my 11-year-old, for sure. Absolutely. She's now knows who Travis Kelsey is, and she understands uh, Taylor Swift's going to football games. That would never have been on her radar previously. But why can't both be true? Why, why, why can't she be getting some love from a big, manly man and doing business? Well, she can be. Men have been doing this for centuries. Don't you think it was a giveaway when they went to commercial, and the manly first commercial man. was her uh, her movie? Welcome to New York, yes. 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 Yep, I'd say there's... I I I. There is some business being done. There's no question about it. Oh, that's prime okay. advertising well, space. Why can't she be getting a little uh, uh, and making money at the same time? What's wrong with that? Uh, this uh, is America. Kitchen. Is this not America? Are you not allowed to get some love and make some money at the same time? No, you're allowed. Why is that wrong? I mean, I'm not. But I- <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is, that's the way of the world, is it not? This is not communist China. We're not in communist Cuba. This is not the USSR. This is America. You are allowed to get some... Some loving. loving and some money at the same time. Why are you not? I'm not telling you like uh, prostitutes. I'm just saying. No, no, I got you. It's all, it's business. It's loving, but it's, it's all intertwined. It can be both. It's both. Yep. By the way, did you see the Carson Daly at the end of the voice? He did like a two minute thing, basically explaining yeah. to the Swifties. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. No, no. Well, there, but the point is there's some business there. Mm-hmm. I admit it. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Greg, do you believe in tanking? In sports, in general, do you believe your team should tank? I do not. I, I not only only if you're firing the coach after the season, because then you can make a clean break. But if you're starting a program, incorporating losing into your program and letting, I mean, especially in football, these guys are putting their lives on the line every Sunday for you. And and if they think they're just being used, forget it. You're never going to have those guys fully ever again. Generally, no, I don't believe in it, except for unique cases. Uh, I would just say football is the only sport I would not tank. It's worked in every other sport. Yeah, I I would say almost never uh, would I tank. Almost, almost never. If you already suck, there was no path for you ever, and you're down at the bottom of the league, and uh, Sidney Crosby or LeBron James is sitting there in the draft, fine. You can lose for the last month or two intentionally. Otherwise, almost never. Next. I'm right. You know I'm right, and you're not going to get anywhere here. So go somewhere else. If the Pats move on from Mac Jones, Greg, and he needs to find a new team, where would be the best landing spot? Vegas and Josh McDaniels. San Francisco. 
He needs to be with that kind of offense, yep. like a coach who can handle it. I, you know, I would even offer up the Rams. Ooh, he should go to Miami. Yeah, Back another one. I mean, one of those teams, San Francisco, Miami, the Rams, that kind of thing. Rams are a good one. Uh, Minnesota and the Steelers are on my mind. Hmm. But Minnesota? Steelers, what? no. What, watch this Kirk Cousins thing. They would hate him in Pittsburgh. Jimmy Stewart's pointing to you like he knows what's what. Okay, next. I know everything on this topic there is to know. If the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick and he needs to find a new team and he wants to keep coaching, where would be the best landing spot for him? Washington, uh, new owner. Maybe he's got deep pockets. We'll let him do whatever he wants. And pretty good pieces on defense to get his program going. I think it's Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Colin. Uh, Uh, I do. I think it's Dallas. That's a good point. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Dallas. Thank you, Colin. (laughs) Beetle made this point earlier today. It's such a good point. If you're Robert Kraft and you had to listen to Bill suck Jerry Jones's tush last week. Remember the sound, this answer Bill gave about how much respects the Joneses and what great work they do. And I follow them. I emulate them and nothing but, you know, they had to just, again, lay it on thick for the Joneses and then go down there and play the way that they played. If you're Robert Kraft. Doesn't that just add a little salt to the wound? Like, oh, definitely. Bill, you got to be kidding me. You know, you're going to blow smoke up their skirt, and then we're going to play the way that we played? What am I doing here? Bill, exactly. How to make Mike McCarthy look good. By right. the way, you know, Bill checked in with the Cowboys when things were really bad with Tom. That's what I remember. Them and the Giants. So, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Dallas. Yeah, once again, Colin Coward. The ahead, Bears. Ahead of the curve. Dicka, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Dallas. I'm sorry, Joe. The and, Bears. Dicka, Belichick. It's like, who would win in the fight? Oh, no, no. Dicka. Perfect. Perfect. Give the coach who hates quarterbacks to the franchise that absolutely destroys quarterbacks. Perfect marriage right there. No one knows anything about quarterbacks there in that situation. That'd be perfect. All right, quick update with Joe Murray, and we're right back. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's Elger and Maz continues on the Sports Hub. Back to our phones with Greg Bedard, longest order. Wait, how about Russ in uh, Woburn? Yes, Russ. Russell. Hey, how are you, everybody? Good, what do you got? It's a spoil every good. Hey, I'd spoil everybody's good time, but Greg. Greg, Greg, why did they abandon fullbacks? I know Belichick wasn't a big fan of it, and he said they didn't want to do it like two or three years ago. But um, why? Okay, I'm rustling with a cut off. The fullback. Do they need a fullback? Uh, I mean, I, if I was an offensive coordinator coming from you know the the tree that they come from, you know the Patriots' offense, I would like to have that option on the roster, but. Uh, Matt Patricia decided to do away with it. So, you know, it was gone. I mean, McDaniel brought, you know, Jakob Johnson out there, and, you know, he helps uh, sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it would nice, it'd be nice to have that option, Mary, especially when you're struggling. Mary Manchester, hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. So I was shocked the way the Patriots played on Sunday, and I agree with what Joe Murray was saying earlier, but I'm going to take it a step further. I think they're all suspect in this organization. I think Kraft needs to open up his checkbook to get some talent on this team. O'Brien needs to take some pointers from Mike McDaniels and the people down in Miami. And Mac Jones needs to throw the ball like a professional. They're all culpable and suspect in my opinion. They're all suspect. Don't disagree. 
Uh, Andy and Weymouth. Yeah. Hi, Andy. So it looks like the Patriots are going right down Red Sox Avenue. <laughs> if you look at the comparisons, all right, they, it seems like both teams, they want to put money into their field and around the field so they can get more revenue outside the field. Both teams have plenty of money to get quality players, and they don't. Now, here's the thing that I don't understand. Red Sox management, uh, ownership rather, has been getting killed by the media for not spending and doing they want the man They want new ownership. And if Kraft does not let go of Bill Belichick after the season, if they have another 6-11 and 11 or 7-10 and 10 season, then he, to me, Kraft is the biggest fraud in football. Because all he's saying, he wants to win, he wants to win. Okay, if if they have a middling year and they don't fire Bill Belichick, is Robert Kraft a fraud? Is that what he's uh, dealing? I, I thought you were talking about the double standard of fans holding spending against John Henry, but not against Robert Kraft, which I wholeheartedly agree with. That Kraft has this wonderful shield in Bill Belichick, which I think is going to be one of the reasons they hang on to him a little bit longer than maybe they should if they end up hanging on to him. That Robert Kraft cannot spend, and everyone, and I mean like the media, blames Bill Belichick for it. Which is such a wonderful shield for the crafts. They're gonna they're gonna be reluctant to get rid of that because for some reason it doesn't rub off on the crafts the way it does on John Henry. But you know that's not that's not cross sports. Let me just ask you, Greg. Do you think that Kraft deserves to be I don't know, scrutinized for his tough talk on Bill Belichick, but keeping him if there's once again a middling middling substandard year? If they have a third losing season in four years and it doesn't look like the arrows pointed up at the end. I mean, because, you know, they could get off to a two and six start this year, but if they make a run for it and it, you know, the offense gets on the same page, Mac Jones is playing well, the defense is being impactful, and, you know, maybe they just miss out on the playoffs, but they, you know, win like six or seven games to finish the season, then, you know, you keep them and you're like, all right, well, we're building something. But if they, if they have another losing season and it doesn't look good, Kraft's got to do something. I mean, no one's going to pay attention to him if he does. He's been saber-rattling for how many years? Got to do something at some point in time. Tom and Quincy, quick. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Greg, I got a question for you. Uh, this this loss of Christian Gonzalez, right? Um, who the hell are they going to have a corner cover these guys coming up? Because did you see C.D. Lamb was drooling, licking his chops when he saw Miles Bryant line up against him? Right. So what do they do without Gonzalez? Uh, you know, given health... It, you know, Jack Jones and Marcus Jones are on IR. They could come back at some point. Um, that would give them basically what they had last year. And, you know, and so uh, I think everybody would say the defense was pretty good. Yeah, it won't be great. Well, you know, that's that's too bad. That's why you build up the offense a little bit more. Give yourself some margin for error. We all went into the season saying they have zero margin for error. They basically can't have injuries. They could have injuries at safety and end, which they do now with Judon, because they have depth there. And that's about it. They sustain any other injuries anywhere else. They're porked. So last year, let's not forget, they had Judon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, they could at least put pressure on the quarterback, and Uche had a good year as a result of Judon. So what do you do without Gonzalez? It's called zone. Okay, well, there's that. But also, as Greg has pointed out, they've drafted depth on defense. So maybe you use Keon White now. Maybe you 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 know, they have other guys there that can help pick up the slack from Judon. So that should not be – you should not – in other words, if it goes bad, I, I don't want to hear that it was because of injuries. They, they don't deserve that excuse. They've drafted on defense, and so they have depth on defense. 
And if without Gonzalez, it hurts, but it's the same cornerback room they had last year when they had one of the best defenses in the league. So, no, sorry. You're not going to get an injury excuse on this team if it goes bad. Long commercial-free segment. We'll say goodbye to Greg, get his thoughts on the Saints coming up right after this. Exactly what was it you heard? It's Belger and Madness. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Chris said it before the season. I noticed it when Bob Kraft, owner of the team, talked about it in Arizona. When he was asked, and I need to dust these quotes off so people will, will maybe pay attention to it now. Will Bill Belichick essentially be allowed to stay until he beats Don Shula's all-time wins record. And it was not a yes that was given by the owner of the team. The answer to me made it clear. If things don't improve, there's going to be a change. And after yesterday, going to Dallas and losing to Jerry Jones, and there's real rivalry among some of these owners, and they act like they're all on the same team. And they are. It's, you know, they're all members of Club Oligarch. But that doesn't mean they don't have rivalries among themselves and likes and dislikes among themselves. I think it hurt a little extra to have Jerry Jones stick it to Robert Kraft the way that the Cowboys did. This, to me, is very troubling. It's a warning sign. And it, 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 it just, there's still a long way to go. But, but. They finished last in that division. They don't turn this thing around. They don't make it to the playoffs. There's going to be a mutual parting, I believe, between the Patriots and Bill Belichick when this season's over. That's what Mike Florio believes. And the clock is ticking on Bill Belichick. I think everyone would agree with that, with one notable exception, which we'll tell you about next hour. I think most everyone would agree with that. The clock is ticking, Greg, which doesn't mean that he's gone. But before we get to other things, you would agree that the clock is starting to tick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, we we need to see how the season plays out. But if it's if it's uh, along these same lines for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's ticking. All right. You want to say something about the Patriots defense? Yeah, I just don't think people should let them off the hook in this game. I mean, you know, the, the Cowboys on three of their first four drives went at least 10 plays in 70 yards. Um, they uh, they held the ball for 10 minutes in the first quarter. Um, I'm sure some Patriots fans are like, oh, well, you know, only gave up two field goals. They dropped the tight end, dropped the touchdown uh, in the end zone. That should have been another score. Uh, they gave up, uh, they held the ball, Dallas held the ball for 10 minutes in the first quarter. They averaged uh, over like six and a half yards per play through the first four drives of the game. They were, they were ineffective. Now, I will say, at least as opposed to some other games, like the Dolphins, or the Bills, where they just sit back and and don't play defense. They actually they went after Dak Prescott in this game. They blitzed him on forty percent of the dropbacks. They also blitzed a ton last week. Of course, that was Zach Wilson. But they only got pressure on like twenty percent of the snaps, despite blitzing as much as they did. I mean, how many times did I see Dak with this great pocket and just be able to hang back there and and make any choices that he wanted to? This this team, the way it's constructed. They need to turn the ball over. They need to score. Last year, they scored seven touchdowns on defense. Uh, last year, they averaged almost four sacks a game. This year, they're averaging two and a half sacks a game. If this is the way you're going to construct your team, they need to do their part. The The defense is not doing their part. And and also, I just want to point out, you know, look like the, the Bills played pretty good defense against the Dolphins without playing three deep safeties all the time. 
They made plays. They turned Tua over. They made him, you know, they hurried him. How come the Patriots can't do that? If they're an elite defense, how come they can't do it? Anybody calling the Bills an elite defense? Nope. And you know the answer. Belichick prefers that other approach. Tyreek Hill took a couple of shots in that game, too. He came off the field a couple of times where, you know, he was hurting after either a drop or a tackle or whatever. So uh, Buffalo Buffalo attacked Miami all over the field in that game. They contrasted. The Bills beat up the Dolphins all over the place. And what do the Patriots do against the Dolphins? Back off. Sat back. I, I mean, mean they, they can't do – they. You can't leave the defense off the hook, especially the way Bill constructed this team. Like, you need to ask a lot of the defense. Even if Mac Jones played fine, that, part of the reason I'm disappointed that Mac Jones, you know, wasn't more of a game manager in that game, you know, because, you know, we'd be talking a lot about the defense, about how they got run up. Dallas did whatever they wanted to on offense until the score got out of it, and then they're like, oh, back off. You know, they backed off. But they did anything that they wanted to. That's not good enough for that defense, the worst constructed. And it wasn't just because of Gonzalez you know, getting hurt. You know, they didn't even have him on C.D. Lamb to start the game. They kept, you know, trying to be cool about it and do different things. And Cowboys just went straight down the field on the opening possession. Scored a, should have scored a touchdown. Tight end dropped it. Okay. How do you like Pat Saints? What do you think? Oh, my God. This game is going to be horrible. <laughs> I mean, it is. Based this on is, what? Why do you say This that? is going to be like the Jets because their car is awful. And their passing game, I think he threw to Kamara like, 13 times last game for like, I don't know, like 35 yards or something. I think he, he dropped back something like okay, 30 so times K- in that game. Kamara had 13 catches for 33 yards with for an average of 2.5. That's hard to do. 14 targets, 13 catches, 33 yards. What That's was Carr's, hard to do. What was Carr's uh, attempts and yards? Stand by. Like, uh, Carr was in this ball game 23 of 37 for a buck 27. <laughs> He threw 37 passes and had 127 yards. Yes. No, I know. Again, it's because he can't. I, you know. So he banged up his shoulder the week before. Correct. Is it just that or what? So what it's is this? Captain check down. And the Saints have a good defense. The Saints gave up. Correct me if I'm wrong. So they gave up 26 points to Tampa. That's the first time they'd given up more than 20 points in forever. Yeah. They were about to break the NFL record held by, does anyone know? Giants? No. Uh, Those Giants? Patriots. Bill Belichick's Cleveland Browns wow. hold the NFL record. I think I heard this. If I'm wrong, because someone will, I'm sure will correct me. Felgrit, 985thesportshub.com. Uh, one of those Cleveland teams, 93, 94, one of those Cleveland teams held the NFL record for consecutive games holding an opponent under 20. And uh, I believe the Saints had tied them and were going to pass them last week, but allowed over 20, and so that's gone. Isn't that typical? that that useless Browns team holds that NFL record? <laughs> yes. And you know Bill somewhere has that on a mantle somewhere. Yep. Yeah, it's probably on his boat. You know, I'm surprised. I, I'm, it was probably in that effing special that we just ignored, you know, because who gives a rat's ass if you suck? How they were building a, a Super Bowl champion with yeah. Vinny Testaverde and Todd Philcox yeah. at yeah. quarterback. 94-95. He, loves, he yeah. loves mucking up the game because then it's about the coach. The 94-95 Browns hold the NFL record for consecutive games holding opponent under 20. The Saints were just about to beat him, and then the Buccaneers just nipped it. 12 straight games. Okay, so wow. who gives a rat's ass? But I guarantee you Bill has pleasured himself over that one uh, before. A- anyway, be that as it may. Uh, Saints have a good defense. Yeah, this game is going to smell. This is going to be like the Jets game, basically. All It's going to be like 15-12. It's I'm going a, to be awful. I'm with Greg. I think freaking stink bomb city coming on Sunday. And how about, you know, Mac Jones better get off to a good start in this game. I mean, it is going to be ugly 
if if he doesn't. As I mentioned, Stink Bomb City. Have we heard from the receivers from the Patriots yet about yeah. Stink, Stink, and Stunk? Have they, have they, any of them uh, thrown that back in anybody's face lately? Because I think there's Stink, so, Stank, Stunk, and the, the. It's amazing the Saints have no offense when. The, have you watched Chris Olave? Like, and, and, yeah, he's good. He's I mean, awesome. I haven't. I, I just watch. I just watched the Packer game. Uh, the dude is freaking nasty. Like, he's really good, and I've always loved Michael Thomas. Although maybe he's fallen off. I, I, I don't know. Their lines had a tough. But they've time. they've got Michael Thomas, who's one of my favorite receivers in the game. Tough. This Olave can just ball. He's just another one of these receivers. And not that you were in a position to draft him. He went eleven overall. But it's like. Like every team has got a guy that you just look at, you go, "Oh my god!" And they have Kamara. He's unbl- and they have Kamara. Shahid is their new. And he's a big playmaker. They yeah, want he's good too. He's really good. Yeah, but you know what they don't have? A quarterback with balls. <laughs> well, they, got, they got three of them. <laughs> they literally have three quarterbacks in their Car Wilson, who's the third? And oh, T- Taysom Hill does it all. All right. So, well, the Pats should win this game. The Pats should win this game. They and better I, win this game. It's kind of the season. Like I'm still on board. I still think we're going to have a season. I'm still not giving rid of Mac Jones. If they start losing games like this, then, you know, all bets are off. Like, you've got to be able to beat the Derek Cars and Jameis Winston of the world at home. And I know you've lost to both in the last couple of years. I know. I know. Winston came in and beat you a couple of years ago. You lost to the Raiders and Derek Carr last year. I know. You can't, if you keep losing to these teams, I, so if you don't start beating these teams, it means there's no progress and I am off. I wouldn't bet this game with your money. This is this is New England Super Bowl. Yeah. They have to win this weekend. The line screams Patriots win this game. Why does the line scream Patriots? It's just win this game? was but nothing is moved. The look ahead was one and a half. It's still one and a half. It Why does that scream? Two. Why is that screaming to you? Point and a half, meaning home team getting a point and a half, generally off a loss. You would back them in this situation, considering the Saints are off a loss as well. Aren't they given a point and a half? No, the Pats. That's what I'm saying. It's oh. one and a half. So when it, when it's through the number, that's when you generally that favor means it's that home screaming team. at you. Yes. It's saying, pick the Patriots, even though everybody thinks we suck. What does that scream sound like? <laughs> Here we go! About <laughs> the same thing. Okay! Here we go! <laughs> I was looking for we don't Okay! Have Here we go! Yeah! I couldn't remember it for a second. It took me a half second. <laughs> okay! Here we go! Yeah! <laughs> All right. Uh, big boy, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah! it. Okay, we'll get to, to back to your Patriots calls. We have a, a quick Celtics thought for you or to follow up on the uh, Drew Holiday trade and all of that uh, coming your way after Murray's 90-second, Joe Murray's 90-second update, no commercials. Don't go anywhere.